Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Well, I hope everyone is doing great. This is Graham Clark. I am so excited to uh, introduce you to our guest today. And that is Dan Ray, my brother-in-law, a wonderful man of God. He has an amazing family, and he's got so much to teach us about how to have a strategic family. And today, our topic is valuing the Word of God and really bringing it to bear on our family life. So Dan's going to help us see, uh, as parents and as adults, as Christians, why it's so important for us to make our own time for reading and valuing the Scriptures. And he's going to tell us his own story, which is fun. He's also going to talk to us about how to bring God's Word into the daily rhythms of family life. Sometimes that can be challenging, and Dan just has some awesome thoughts on that. Uh, He's also going to talk to us about not just teaching, but modeling the importance of God's Word into what we face in life as adults and helping our kids see uh, that God's Word has so much to to teach us. Um, It is not just an ancient text. Um, It is so valuable and so relevant in our daily lives, and we can help our kids see that. And then he's also going to talk about why it's so important to spend the time and energy to help our kids grow in the scriptures. So I am really excited about this. I hope you are as encouraged as I was. All right, here we go. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. I am pumped to introduce to everyone my brother-in-law, Dan Ray. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Graham. Good to be here. Well, uh, Dan, not just my brother-in-law, but a friend, a brother in the Lord, someone that I respect tremendously and am really excited to talk to you and share with everybody today about our topic, which is the supremacy of the Word of God in our homes. And I asked you for a reason because I know this is such a hugely important topic to you. But before we get into all of that, why don't we just talk about uh, introduction of yourself. Just tell us who you are, where you live, uh, how many kids you have, when you got married, all that good stuff. Sure. Will do. Thanks, Graham. So I am uh, a middle-aged male, as you could probably imagine. I uh, grew up in Rochester, New York. Um, I was the fourth of five kids, which fourth is definitely the worst place in the birthing order. Um, I could do a whole show about that sometime, but I'll spare you the details for now. Um, parents moved to Charlotte when I was in college, and then somehow four out of the five of us kids and our families all ended up in Charlotte. One has since moved away. Um, Christian parents, they love the Lord, such a gift um, they gave us with our upbringing in our house. And I think my parents did an awesome job of just teaching us the truth, but then leaving the, uh, the big decisions to us, um, which I the older I get, the more I admire them for that. Went to Grove City College, fine academic institution, reasonably priced, thoroughly Christian. I would highly recommend it to anyone's kids. Um, I've got three kids of my own, seventh grader, who's a boy named Kai. I've got a fifth grader named Addie. She's a girl. And then our youngest is in second. Uh, his name is Lincoln. And we're in these just awesome, we call it the golden years. I'm married to my wife, Amy, and we, we talk all the time about how great it is to be in this stage where 
um, the kids are learning so much. We're able to uh, mentor and disciple them. Um, they can be on their own too. And they still, somehow, they still enjoy spending time with us. So if there's going to be a movie night, they want to watch a movie with us. If we're going to go do something, um, they're always all in. So I don't expect these years to last long, but we're just really cherishing them while we have them. So my wife's name is Amy. I mentioned we met where all good Christian couples meet, and that's at church. So I met Amy really um, pretty quickly after I moved to Charlotte. We were friends for a couple of years, um, and then we got married after I'd been in Charlotte for about two years. And I work at a company called FHG, stands for For His Glory. We're a construction company doing energy infrastructure, um, but with a, it's a pretty unique company, as you can imagine, with the name For His Glory. So uh, I've loved there just being able to fully integrate faith and work and have learned a ton uh, just about how much scripture says about our work in our day-to-day -day life um, by working there. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So by extension, I, I gather you're saying that it's not a good idea to meet your wife at a country line dancing place or something like that. You would recommend church over that? Yeah, I would, I would definitely be very judgmental of anybody who met their wife at a country line, line dancing hey. place. Sounds like hey. a bar. <laughs> it was, and it worked out. All right. No, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, and speaking of Amy, I would love for you to Tell us your story about how you really came to treasure the word of God. I think this, you told me this a few months back and I thought it was awesome. And it just kind of illustrates that we all start at different places on this journey of, of valuing the word of God. So tell us, tell us how that really happened and took root in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be glad to. So I, um, I, I started to start walking with the Lord and really growing in him um, in my late teenage years. And in college, you know, went went uh, went to college and was mentored by some great uh, Christian guys and grew a lot spiritually there. Um, but I, I remember really specifically senior year of college. It had been, you know, I'd had a few years of really trying to grow and mature in my walk, and hit this point where um, I just felt like I was stalling out in my relationship with the Lord. wasn't wasn't really feeling like I was hearing from Him. I had just a, a really general question of how do I get any closer to God? Um, I don't feel necessarily that close to him. What do I need to do? You know, do I need to worship more, you know, attend more worship services? Do I need to try to sin less or, or put together some number of days of having no major egregious sin? And then God will finally speak to me and, and reveal more of himself to me. Um, do I need to fast more? So I started fasting every Wednesday thinking, you know, this is going to be the way to get closer to God. And, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with fasting, but I can't say that that at the time really moved the needle for me. And um, so graduated, came to Charlotte. And pretty soon after I came to Charlotte, I became friends with now my brother-in-law, Ben, who invited me to a Bible study that his dad was doing. And I didn't know anything about Ben's dad. His name is Jim Wright. And um, I remember going and from the first night, I was like, man, this is amazing. He was going through the book of Romans. And I, I jumped in when they were in Romans chapter six. And I had never experienced scripture coming alive like that before. Um, just so practical and such, you know, such amazing things as he's, you know, exploring the word and just 
teaching through this is what it means for us and this is who God is and this is who we are and this look at how much um, of a gift we have with scripture and Jim made such a such a big impact on me I remember a few things from that first year that that he said and you know one of those was just this challenge of and it, it wasn't he wasn't challenging me personally but the group that was in that study he said how can you be in Christ without being in the word He's like, you know, Christ is the word. He calls himself the word. And so for us to say that we're in Christ, but not be in the scripture, not be in the word, he's like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you can't be in Christ without being in the word. And he, he made it so clear um, that God speaks to us predominantly through his word. You know, these days, that's what we have. That's the, the concrete um, word of God is in the scripture. It's in the Bible. And then he also challenged us, you know, if you want to be a disciple and you really want to follow Christ, you've got to be reading your Bible every day. And he even said, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that um, this is, you know, the absolute must for everyone, but he's like, most people, if you're a Christian, you should be reading the Bible at least once a year, like start there, read through scripture once a year. And um, that stuff stuck with me. And it especially stuck with me when I realized I wanted to start dating his daughter. You know, sometimes good things start with bad motivations or the wrong motivation. But I remember at the point where I realized I wanted to start dating Amy, I was like, I'm going to have to deal with her dad, um, potentially. And he's probably going to ask me at some point, hey, what'd you read this morning? Or, you know, are, are you having your daily time in the word? And uh, that was enough to scare me into daily Bible study. And um, it, it wasn't until that point that I really had a routine of every morning getting up and starting with the word. This is when I was 24 years old. So I was 24 before I started actually doing my own daily Bible study. I was hit and miss before that. You know, I'd do nights when I could or sometimes get up in the morning. But I just decided at that point, I'm going to do this every single morning. And that was 17, 18 years ago. And that that was the start of a habit that's been pretty much every day since then. Like it's, it's really rare that I miss a day. And I've, I've just grown to just love um, my time in the word each morning. It's, it's been what has, what has actually changed, you know, in terms of Christian life and um, me getting to the point where I'd say, I'm actually getting to know the Lord, um, walking with him and, and understanding who he is. Um, it started with that just becoming a real daily habit for me. So that's, um, that was the start, you know, and, and since then, just being able to have so many occasions where um, I, I hear the Lord speaking directly to me through his word in the morning has just been such a treasure. Uh, I love that because, yeah, there's, there's no better way to say it, that the way to know the Lord is in his word. That's where he re reveals himself. And that's just, that's an amazing story. I love how he used different means. And, and we've seen, we've all seen how the Lord has used different means in our lives. Even if we didn't have the right motive from the beginning, he redeems it and uses it for his kingdom and his glory. It's so awesome. And this is a good time for me to share with everyone. I know, you know, the story, Dan, because you were the main character in it, but you know, I had my own kick in the pants moment much later in life. I was 38 at the time. And my wife, lovingly 
had a conversation with me and helped me see that God's word did not have the place in my life that it deserved. And that was a really humbling moment. And you'll recall the next day I came in and said, I need help. Uh, I don't really know how to do this. Like I should help me. And your advice and encouragement and challenge was just amazing. And that started me on the same type of journey that you're talking about now, where I realized how valuable and what a treasure God's word is and everything uh, has changed since then. And um, it's, that was such an amazing ministry by you towards me and by extension to our family and our marriage. So I just can't thank you enough for that. But I do, I want to get into this idea. You touched on it, which I thought was, is such a profound insight. And that is, you know, sometimes I, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I am sort of waiting around, hoping that my heart will change about something and just hoping for an inspiration. And I, and you kind of beat yourself up and you go, Oh, I know I should value God's word more. I should be in prayer more and that kind of thing. And what I've found is that sometimes our hearts follow our hands and our habits. So in other words, we, sometimes we just need to determine, I'm going to make a commitment to it, even if I don't feel it right now. And then what you learn over time is, hey, God's word is eternally and infinitely valuable. And if even if we don't feel that way, if we know that's true, act like that's true, commit to it, and then your heart will follow. And I think that's what you found. And that's definitely what I found too, because we, when we get in his word, we see him accomplishing things in us and through us and enlightening us and teaching us his truth and getting to know him better. And we fall more deeply in love with him and with his word, the more we read it. So I just, I love how that works. And I was going to ask you this long way of asking a question, where would you recommend, you know, let's say there's someone out there listening that thinks the same thing, like, ah, I know I need to read my Bible more, but really what they need to do is start developing those habits. Can you share what you shared with me a couple of years ago and any other tips and, and kind of habits that we can help people really get to start on so that they can start loving God's word. Sure. Yeah. So especially if we're talking with parents, you know, until we have kids, we have, and I know, you know, a college kid will argue with me on this, but college kids aren't really busy, right? They like to say they're busy, but let's, let's be honest, they're not busy. And young single people are yes. not very busy either. Parents are busy. When you're a parent, you've got stuff to do almost every second of the day, right? But uh, the challenge I would throw out there is think about the time of the day that really is at your discretion, you know, where you really are in control of that time. Um, if you're a parent, you might if you're being real honest, you might say the only time that I really have control over is before anybody else wakes up. Um, or, you know, on the other end, it's after everybody goes to bed, but even bedtimes can be predictable. So for me, and I know I'm biased because I'm a morning person by nature. I love mornings. I love waking up early, but for me, if it's, if, if it's not going to happen, if it doesn't happen in the morning, it's going to be really hard to make it happen that day with really anything that you want to say, this is going to be a daily thing that I'm going to get to every single day. My experience has been, I have to get up early and I've got to be the first one up. And that's when my time for really getting into the word is going to happen. So think about it in terms of a 
Um, one one person talked about this that I that I heard talk a while back about it being an irredu- irreducible minimum. And if you're having a really hard time and you say, oh, man, I can't make an hour a day for scripture, like that's just going to be too much. I can't do it. Well, start with five minutes because that'll be five minutes more than what you did the previous day. But if you can start with five minutes, that's enough time to read a chapter or set a real big goal of 15 minutes and that'll get you through the Bible in a year. But if you can just get to that, that place where, and again, I think it's mornings, but get up five minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier than what you typically do. And that's your time. That's, that's the time to make it happen. And starting with the Bible. I mean, I, some people say, well, I like to do my, my Bible stay at the end of the day. And then I would say tongue in cheek, you know, that's great because it's not like you've done all your sinning for the day by then, but mornings, like your whole day is before you, you've got, you've got all day to see the Lord work and to apply what you learned um, that morning in scripture. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a get up earlier and get into the word in the morning kind of guy. Well, I agree. I think that's, I think that is the best time to do it and we're all different, but I, I think that's so wise. And I remember speaking of Jim, I remember him saying that if you break up your day into a hundred parts, one one hundredth of your day is about, it's a little less than 15 minutes. So he would challenge us and say, are you willing to give him one one hundredth of your day? Just one one hundredth. And when you think of it like that, it's like, well, man, I mean, I'm willing to give 10 one hundredths of my day to a lot of things. And it is, you know, put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. We, we say we believe the word. We want to live the word. We have to be in the word. And, and it does take commitment. It takes sacrifice, but there's so much joy and fulfillment uh, found in that. And we will know much better who God is and what he's called us to when we're in his word. Uh, So anyway, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I agree that the morning is a, a great time. So let's take that. You know, this is the Strategic Families Podcast. So now we've talked a lot about our personal uh, application of loving the word, treasuring the word, being in the word. Let's try to take that to teaching our kids to love the word. And we know it's true with anything. You can't really pass on what you don't have. And so we've got to treasure it ourselves. So that's a good place to start. How do we translate that to our kids? And I know some adults now, some parents, they've got young kids and maybe they had a great model in the home. Like you guys up there in Spencerport, wonderful model of prayer and being in the word. And even then there can be challenges, but especially if you come from a home where the word is not valued or you didn't really see it modeled, this can be more of an uphill climb. So I wonder what kind of recommendations would you have for parents who, you know, maybe they, they feel like, okay, God's word has the place in my life that, that it deserves. I'm, I'm spending the time and I want to make sure I pass it on to my kids. What kind of practical advice or tips would you have for how to bring not just the reading of the word to your, your home, but a love for engaging with the word of God in your home? Sure. Um, yeah, first, just, you know, if, if uh, to address the person you just described, if they say the word has its place in my heart, um, I'm just, you know, wondering how to impart that to my kids. I'd want to encourage that person and say, our kids are going to be um, the, the phrase that people say is, you know, you learn what is, what is it caught, not taught. Um, but, you know, if our kids see us 
in the word and they see us, you know, having a love for the word, then that's, that's going to be better than anything that we can teach them. But, but I do think as parents, you know, we, we have a huge responsibility to to take the next step and teach it to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you, you're asking about if parents are just struggling with where to start or if they feel insecure about their knowledge of the word, um, one, I would say, uh, you just need to stay a little bit ahead of them. So literally you just need to be like five minutes ahead of them in your knowledge of the word. So as long as you are learning each day, that's enough. And the, the value of scripture is not, you're, you're not going to win them over to loving the word through academic knowledge and arguments. Um, not even arguments, but just like an academic knowledge of scripture, you know, you, your ability to articulate the seven views of the end of Romans five really isn't going to matter probably for your kids, right? They're going to be a lot more interested in what does it mean to you and how are you applying it? And they're not going to say that to you, but that's, that's the reality is, is scripture really important enough that you're changing the way you live or is scripture relevant enough that it actually meant something to you today? And so um, for me, it's, it's just been, it hasn't been a, um, you know, put together this big curriculum of what I'm teaching them through and helping them to understand outlines of every book and making it through a certain number of books with them a year. It's just been the little slow trickle. And so for, for us, what's worked is, well, and I can't say it's worked because our oldest is only in seventh grade. So this is all to be determined, right? Maybe in 20 years, we'll look back and say, this didn't work, tried, tried the wrong thing. But what, what we're doing is um, for me, every morning in my, in my Bible study time, I try to write down one thought. Sometimes it's just quoting a verse, you know, I just write out a verse that, that meant something to me that morning or, or spoke to me or that I felt was a real specific word from the Lord to me that morning. Sometimes it's a, a challenge from that passage. Um, sometimes it's just a, a prayer that I'll write in response to what I read. So I write down that, that one thought, and it's usually a sentence or two. It's not much. And then I try to share it with them that night at dinner. And this does not happen every night. Um, I, I, I don't know what percent of the time we're intentional around the dinner table, but I think it's, you know, it's a pretty decent amount of time. But it's a good challenge for me, too, in the morning um, as, I'm, as I'm having that time to think, what is it that the Lord has for me today? You know, what, what's his word for me this morning? Because I think he has something for us every single day in his word. So write it down and then just share it that night. If you're, here's a, another one is if you are teaching um, a passage of scripture to say a, a group of adults or some people at church or at work, whatever, if you're getting ready to um, teach a passage of scripture to people, teach it to your kids, you know, and that will do, I mean, that'll do wonders for you, but for one, you know, anytime you can simplify what you're about to teach, you're going to teach it better. You know, getting it down to a level where actually a second grader can understand it will will definitely, I think it will improve the quality of your teaching, but it's just an, a, a, take advantage of those opportunities. If you're already studying scripture for something, then teach it to your kids too. If you are struggling with just, you know, where to start in scripture, you know, we've got the whole Bible, it's 1100 chapters or so you know, which book or chapter do I start with? You can start with some of the easy stories, 
or the more familiar ones, like the story of Joseph. And you could you could teach them through 10 chapters of Joseph over a series of a few weeks and just read a little bit each night. And even if it's just starting with reading it and just doing a quick summary and not even getting to application yet, then that's okay. You're starting somewhere. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if, if all else fails, you know, I'll have my nights where I look back at what I wrote down that morning. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I just can't share that with the kids or whatever. There are, there are some really easy ones. Like sometimes I'll just tell the kids, pick a number between 10 and 30 and then pick a number between like one and 30. And that's the proverb chapter and verse that we'll read that night. And that's it. We'll just read one, literally one verse out of Proverbs. And usually that'll spark some decent conversation. Not always. Sometimes it's like, okay, that's it. <laughs> but it's still something, you know, and they're, they're getting used to the, the Bible being out at the dinner table. Um, and finally, I'll, I'll say, I, I saw this model um, about 10 years ago. We went over to some friend's house for dinner, the Timberlakes. And they, they did exactly that, not the Proverbs one, but they, they just read like a small, um, just a few verses out of like Colossians or Ephesians and just talked about it. And it was nothing that the dad had prepared. He just talked about it. And I was like, that is cool that they do that every night. And then it doesn't come in, a, you know, it doesn't come in as a, as a surprise when the kids are older, like, oh, now we're going to start doing Bible study, you know, and now dad's going to try to get his act together. Just do it while they're young. And they grow up, you know, experiencing that and knowing that, that the Bible is just part of the, the family here. And it's, it's part, of, part of life. Those are fantastic ideas. I, I'm reminded, Dan, you might remember telling me this back when you mentored me a couple of years ago. We were talking about God's word. And, and I think I asked you something about the benefits. Like I knew there were benefits, but I wanted something to, for my heart to kind of latch on to say like, I want to really grasp why this is so important. And one of the things you said was that you always have a devotion ready. If you write down, you know, you read the word, you write down just one thought. Well, if somebody says, Hey, can you share something like you've already, you've already done the preparation. And I think of that verse that talks about being ready in season and out of season. And it's just fantastic to write something down and share it with your kids. It's pretty simple and it does not have to be an extensive study. I mean, the more study, the better but just opening up God's word and watching God work because we know his word doesn't return void. It accomplishes the purposes that he sets out for it. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes we just need to open it up and let, and let God speak. We don't need our thoughts. We need his thoughts. And it was something that you just said about the Timberlakes reminds me of our dear brother, Mark Stevens. And, uh, that's a name that not a lot of people will know, but you and I know that name and miss him dearly is with the Lord now. And I remember him saying that when he was growing up in his home, that his dad would say, Mark, go get the Bible and just read. Like, I don't even know if he would tell him what to read, just open up the Bible and read. And like you said, it's a part of, it's just a part of their family. So we honor the word of God. We're going to make it part of our rhythm. And you know, speaking of Mark, as, as I was preparing for this interview, I, I thought about something Mark said to me before he passed. This was probably six to 12 months before he passed away. And I was asking him parenting advice. And, um, and I said, Mark, you know, you've, you've been a parent. You've, you've, your kids are grown out of the house. What's the one thing? Or uh, give me some parenting advice, I think I said. He goes, well, T 
teach your kids to love the word. Teach your kids to love the word. That was his summary of if we do that as parents, we've succeeded. If we if we can teach them to love the word. Now, obviously, we can't force them to love the word, but we can control our faithfulness in in teaching them to love the word. So I wanted to just thinking about that quote. I it's two part question. If you think about on an individual level, obviously we want our kids to love the word individually, personally, even if they weren't in our family, one day they're going to grow up and they, they're going to start their own family. So they need to own it individually. Um, how can we develop that in them or help develop that? And then the second part, and I think you've already uh, answered this in different ways, but having really an environment or a, you could think of it as a culture in your home where God's word is honored. Cause I think we need to do both of those in our home. So I, what are your thoughts on, on how to do each of those? Well, yeah. Good questions. And, and as you were talking about Mark Stevens, I was reminded of something that I need to start doing as a parent. Um, but he, and this is, you know, just a, a good old country boy as he was growing up, but he said that I remember him telling us that his mom every morning after he would get up, he would go take a shower or brush his teeth or something. But every time, you know, after he'd get out of the shower in the morning, come back into his room and there's a hot cup of coffee sitting on his Bible. And it's just her way of being like, here's a little encouragement for you, you know, start, start the day with the word. That's awesome. And that's a, you know, that's probably a pretty brilliant um, parenting technique that, that Mark's mom employed, but just, you know, having some little incentive, um, mm-hmm. some, some little encouragement for them to, to be in the word. And so um, I would, you know, I can't say that we're, experiencing this huge success rate in our house yet um our oldest is in seventh grade and he's he's developing a habit but i I wouldn't say that he's you know he's arrived and and the younger ones haven't either but continuing to encourage them with hey what's your you know do you have a goal for this year with bible reading or can i help you put together a reading plan so i've done that several times for him like hey this summer let's let's get a plan to read through the gospels or how about you know, Exodus is great. Why don't you start with Exodus chapter one, read a chapter a day and just kind of try to stay in touch with where they are. Are are they making any effort? And if not point them back to something that might be familiar or fun for them to read and getting them, getting them into scripture. And, uh, you know, every parent's going to have their own style with, with how hard they, they feel they should push. and, And that depends on age and what your kid is like and everything, but yeah, encouraging them to spend their own time in scripture and then um, for us, it's we try to um, again to the application piece of scripture. You know, Amy and I just have this conviction that our our kids will care about scripture to the extent that they see that it matters to us. And so that's not just do they, do they know that I read my Bible every morning, but it's even more I think them hearing me connect scripture to everyday life. And a lot of times that's in the context of the challenges and the struggles, but is, is scripture real to me? You know, do they hear me talking about it and saying, man, you know, this is challenge I face today. And this is what the word says about that. Mm. Um, we, we try, we try to, to bring them along like that. That's awesome. And I think one way that, well, I know one way you do that so well is in our extended family and, you know, taking time to, have a devotion when we're on family vacation. I mean, 
that was such a new concept to me when I joined our extended family. It's like, wow, this is incredible. We're going to sit down and honor the word and have a devotion and show the kids just how important it is. And those, yeah, those times we, we do a lot of application of how this actually has takes, takes on meaning in our everyday lives. These are not just ancient texts. It also has real impact on how we live today and impact for the kingdom. And you guys just, you and Amy model that so well. Credit to Amy's dad. He he gave us that idea. It's it's a it shows that it started in that generation. He's passed it down to us. We're passing it down to our kids. And maybe one day our kids will do the same when they're on vacation. You know, like this is I think that's the cool thing about it is so much of what our, our parents do and model is hopefully what we end up doing too. That's exactly right. And it's not just your family, it's our family too. And so the Lord has used you guys mightily. So so thankful for that. So we've talked about scripture reading, and obviously this is a very important part of discipleship for our children overall. And I wonder if there's anything you'd like to expound on when you think of discipleship. And I, again, I think you've covered this already, you know, reading the word, make, making sure that it, uh, they can see the application in daily life. As you think of yourself as a disciple-making parent, what are the other factors that are involved there if we want to do that well in our homes as parents? Yeah, so I think I have answered it somewhat with with just the application piece, like getting it to application and, and making the effort to say not just this is what scripture says, because I do think that can get kind of boring for kids, you know, especially if they're not very far along in their walk. I think we can just wear them out with, hey, here's here's the story that you've heard before. Or let's, let's go through this epistle again and, and find out all the things that you should be doing. You know, we can wear them out um, if we don't get to the application. And really, the application for us, I think, as parents, letting them see that and bringing them along with, with the challenges. And again, Amy and I, I mean, I don't, we're, we're far from perfect on this, and we'll see how the kids turn out in 20 years. But we really, you know, one of the things we, we've tried to be intentional with is when we're having problems, we bring the kids in on it because that's, I mean, life, life consists of how we deal with all the problems that, that come our way and what, what the Lord gives us. But, um, you know, problems at work, trying to, you know, tell the kids, this is, hey, this is something we're dealing with at work. And guess what? This is what scripture says about it. And this is amazing. This is what I, this is what, I read this morning in my devotion and then I went to work and I dealt with this. Can you believe that the Lord, Lord gave me this word? We've been dealing with health stuff in our family. And those, those can be just, you know, you just wonder what's the Lord doing, but there's so much in scripture that we point to and say, no, God is being intentional here. Like this is look at, look at all of the scripture that talks about or shows us how intentional God is when, even when he gives us challenging things and health issues, like he's at work and just letting the kids see us wrestle through these things and, and applying scripture the best we can. Um, so just, just being honest with them and getting to the, the application part of, of what we're reading is, uh, you know, I think that's, that's how we're doing discipleship the most, I think in our house right now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, all right, this next question might be a little bit obvious, but I think it's worth emphasizing the point. Why is this such a big deal is basically the question. So what? Or the way you could look at it is, 
what if we fail to do that? What if we fail to take this charge seriously? What are the implications or the consequences either way? Because we all know we've, we've only got a limited amount of time with our kids in the home. And part of what we want to do on this podcast is help people see you can do this. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been given the authority and you have the ability to take this charge seriously. And it's not just the word, it's prayer, it's discipleship and all, and all those things. So what would you say is, are the long-term consequences of this? Why is it so important that we take this seriously? So I think the, the parable I think of when we talk about how serious it is to, to be teaching our kids the word of God is at the end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So that whole sermon is about how to be countercultural. Jesus is, is talking about like, this is what the world does. This is what I'm telling you you should do. And um, that the last, last parable is about the man who he can, he contrasts, you know, the, the man who builds his house on the rock and the man who builds his house on the sand. And he says, but, you know, as he's doing that contrast, he says, the man who hears my word and does it is like one who has his, his house built on the rock. Obviously, that's the one with the firm foundation. Storms come, they don't blow it down. And our kids, I mean, our, our kids are going to face two big realities when they leave the house. One is that the world believes and teaches something that's completely contrary to scripture, right? So they're going to face an onslaught of things that aren't true. And people will be very convincing in how they say it. They're going to get, you know, they're going to get hit with all kinds of false philosophies and ideas. And then two, they're going to go through hard things. You know, every, every person goes through hard things. But I don't doubt that our kids in their 20s, when they're out of the house, are going to be hit with those two things. And their only hope is to know the word and to, to understand scripture and to have had some practice at saying, no, this is what the Bible says. It's, yeah, it's not, it's maybe not what we'd think. And it's not, um, it's not what the world, rest of the world thinks, but this is what I know is true. And so unless we're teaching them that truth, and getting them really firmly grounded in it, they're going to be like the house on the sand. And so we, we feel a sense of urgency. I mean, with our seventh grader, we've got five or six more years. And then he's going to be facing those realities. And how well is he going to know the word? I think that's that's going to have a, a huge impact in how he does when he's when he's standing on his own. So um, I don't remember how I got there, or even what your initial question was. But yeah, if we're talking about why we need to take it seriously with our kids, it's like, that's that's the only way they're going to withstand the, the pressures of the world and the and the problems of life is is through the through the word. What a fantastic point! I, that's that's so important. The scriptures are grounding. You know, when the world is going nuts and making up all kinds of crazy philosophies and everything, the word of God brings us back to the truth. I think of Jesus in John 17, where he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And we want truth. We go to his word and we need that to be grounded in the world we live in. I think that's such an amazing point. Thank you for saying that. Speaking of your oldest, I did think this was a great time. As I know, the word is a really important part of your boys to men program. And I would just love for you to share 
really quickly what that program is and how beneficial it's been and what you've seen the Lord do through it. Yeah. Glad to. So this is, uh, it's a group of six boys. They all go to school together. They're not all, you know, best of friends or in the, in the, you know, their own little clique, but they all go to school together. They're in the same grade. And then it's each of their dads. So six boys, six dads. And we've been meeting for close to two years now. We just meet once a month and we go through, this is really created by a guy named Stephen Valen in Charlotte. Um, he, he wrote the material for it and has, has passed it along, has done it with his son and and then Ben and I, um, Ben's really spearheaded this group, but it's, um, you know, the, the real quick format is look, look back, look up, look forward and look back is, is a lot about like, how, how did I do in my walk with the Lord for the last month, you know, since last time we met and, um, you know, for better or for worse, the, one of the easy things to talk about is just how, how has my daily devotional life been, um, in the last month. And so some people might say this is a terrible idea because it can lead to comparison and people feeling bad or feeling their own kind of pressure. I would say it's positive peer pressure when boys have to go around and dads too and say, yeah, did I, you know, have I been in the word for the last month? What am I learning? Um, what have I been reading? And um, so that's been, I, I, again, I think positive peer pressure because people are encouraging each other to do it. Um, I, we've emphasized to the boys over and over that the Lord doesn't love you anymore. If you had your devotions every day last month, like it really doesn't, doesn't cause him to love you anymore, but we think it's a good thing and it's a great habit to get into. So it's, it's been cool having Kai get some exposure to, yeah, other, other boys my age are, are getting into the word and they're learning too. That's awesome. And really, you know, what you're talking about there is healthy accountability. You know, you ask people, hey, are you in? And say, yeah, I'm in. And then as time goes on, you look back and you say, hey, this is what you said. And accountability is nothing more than holding up a mirror and saying, I'm just asking you if you're staying on top of the commitment that you made. And that is so good and so healthy because we know these, these young men, these boys who are growing into men, that's life. You get in the workplace and ministry, wherever in life, they're going to be called to account and they want to step up. And that's part of being a man. I love that you guys are doing that. I think that is wonderful. Such a great, great program. So, all right, we're about to wrap up a couple more questions. Bible verses. We've been talking about scripture. Let's get specific. What are some verses that come to mind for you that you say, man, this has been so life-giving and so influential in your and Amy's parenting? Sure. So uh, probably the biggest one is the Shema, Deuteronomy 6. These are real familiar words, I would imagine, to, to um, probably a lot of the people listening here. But uh, it says, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And, um, you know, I just love that passage. The, the first part when he says, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. That's kind of first step as parents. We've got to have the word on our heart. You know, we have to love the word and it's got to be part of our, just part of our, our daily routine and part of life for us. And then when he says, you shall teach them to your children, talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. It's just this picture of 
it's constant. It should be all the time. It shouldn't just be like, hey, it's Sunday afternoon. Let's do our weekly Bible study. You know, it's whenever we can, whenever the opportunity arises, when we see an area that scripture will speak to, we just talk about it with our kids. And so um, I, I love love that passage when it comes to parenting in the word. The, you know, another one, just the proverb, train up a child in the way he should go. You know, it's not a, it's not a promise. It's a principle, but um, the, the onus is on us as parents. We need to be training up our children. And, and the best way to do that, I think, is, is by teaching them what the word says. And then uh, finally, Colossians 3.21, fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Um, it's such a temptation, especially for a guy like me, you know, where I, I want to see my kids have goals and I want to see them drive hard and, and push. And um, I've, I've, that, that verse has definitely been a good check for me over the years of like, no, you know, our kids, we, we don't want to have them feel exasperated or, or just like there's all this pressure on them to be doing their Bible study when they're in third grade. You know, we, the goal is for our kids to love the word. That, that's the goal. It's not for them to be able to have the most scripture memorized or to be able to, to ace the hardest Bible test by the time they graduate high school. It's just for them to love the word. Uh. And, and I think they'll do that if they see us loving the word and if they understand just how applicable it is. So those are, those are a few couple, couple quick verses. Wow. What a great point, Dan. Thank, thank you for that reminder. It can be so easy to think about well, my kids got this memorized or, you know, if I ask these 15 questions, they know the answers like that. And you're right. That's not the goal. The goal is for them to love and treasure and honor the word in their hearts. And uh, that's such a great reminder. Thank you for that. So last thing we always want to do this in the podcast is issue a challenge. We want to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so our topic here is scripture and you've already laid out some challenges but if you could just put it in in one or two things like parent listening and they think you know what all right tomorrow i can take a small step maybe uh if we think about dave ramsey a baby step what would be one or two baby steps that you'd say yeah you can do this tonight or tomorrow okay so tonight you can go to your alarm clock and whatever time it's set for tomorrow morning if you don't have a habit of daily Bible study. Set your alarm clock for 15 minutes earlier. Yes. You probably won't die as a result. You you likely won't even get sick. You can get up 15 minutes earlier. And then I guess the, the second would just be have a plan. You know, say you want to read through Genesis this month. Or say you want to read through the Gospels in the next two months. You know, just just have a plan. And then keep a pen or a highlighter with you. And that, sorry, I'm getting into more than just one simple thing, but that's great. Share, share one thought with your kids, see how it goes. So yes, the, the one easy thing is set your alarm clock 15 minutes early. That's it. I was thinking about this analogy. Like if I said, I want to go running, you got to have shoes and you got to be dressed for running. Because if you're not just going to go running in your day clothes, like you, you got to be prepared. And I think that's part of your wisdom there is like, have a pen, have a plan, have a place. I need something else with a P. I don't know. Three P's. That's amazing, man. How did you do that? <laughs> but it, and, and 
get up a little bit earlier. It's really not complicated. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it's not complicated. And sometimes we just need to get those things into place and allow space for God to speak to us through his word. And he will, every time he will accomplish something when we engage his word. So thank you, Dan, for all those suggestions, those challenges, your wisdom, the ways that you and Amy have modeled a love for the word. It's such an encouragement and a blessing to me and Katie and our family. Uh, We love you guys. So thankful for you. Uh, This has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Well, I hope you guys were encouraged by that as I was. I love Dan's heart. I love how much he loves the Word of God and encourages so many people in the study of the Scriptures. He's been such a great blessing to me and my family, and I'd love to see what he's doing in his own family, uh, being strategic and upholding and valuing and modeling the Word of God. Let's do that. Let's do that. I hope that everyone listening can take at least one thing and say, yeah, I'm going to make that a priority in my home. My kids are going to know the Word of God. Let's do it together. If you are running into challenges or if you've got success stories, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Strategicfamilies.com. Let's honor our Lord by upholding His Word. Hope you all have a great week.